Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to this episode of the True Conspiracy Podcast. Designer murder, assassination of Fred Hampton and Mark Clark. With your host, Vicious Technique. So today, we will be asking the question, should resolutions be enacted to remedy the FBI's assassination of civil rights leaders such as Mr. Hampton and Mr. Clark? So we will be looking into COINTELPRO, a design surveillance program against specific working class communities, the subsequent U.S. policy that codified the systematic oppression, and the results of the COINTEL program that started in 1956 and led to the assassination of Mr. Fred Hampton and Mr. Mark Clark on December 4th, 1969. Mr. Hampton was only 21 years old. So we'll look at the causes behind this true conspiracy, who's responsible for this true conspiracy, who's responsible for the assassinations, really, and the resulting change in in history, the resulting change in society. We're going to use multiple verifiable sources in today's podcast, in today's episodes, and we will provide solutions and hope to resolve this unacceptable history. So. Let's get into it. The big reason why we're tackling this issue today, the reason that we are going over this tragic event in U.S. history is because we need to expose an unacceptable history and hope for a better future. This needs to be brought to the forefront. A lot of this information, information related to COINTELPRO, which we have an episode about this, episode 17 of the True Conspiracy podcast, you can go ahead, go back and listen to that. It's called Designer Murder Cointel Pro Conspiracy. And we break down in depth what the Cointel Pro was. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. But that is an unacceptable, unacceptable part of history that defiles a lot, a lot of times in the past and moving forward. They're not going to be released. They're not going to be, uh, the they're not going to uh take away the confidentiality so we're we're behind the eight ball we're we're fighting at a loss already so we need to make light we need we need to bring light to it not make light of but we need to bring light to this true conspiracy and hopes for a better future that this doesn't happen again and more people are knowledgeable of the tactics and how far organizations within the government like the FBI will go so COINTELPRO was designed to imprison working class leaders and break up the civil rights movements. And what we're analyzing today is the extreme representation of that, the, the extreme operations of, of COINTELPRO to the point of assassination. And it's really a ruthless and vicious assassination, really, when we get into the details the movie, the Black Judas and the, or the, yeah, the Black Judas and the New Messiah, or Judas and the Black Messiah, that's the name of the movie, Judas and the Black Messiah. That details a lot of what we're talking today, talking about today with Mr. Fred Hampton. So the COINTELPRO tactics that were involved, this is according to Britannica, okay? It involves surveillance, organizational infiltration, anonymous mailings, police harassment, and 
what we're talking about today, the assassinations of leaders. So in the final report, the committee sharply criticized COINTELPRO stating, quote, many of the techniques used would be intolerable in a democratic society, even if all of the targets had been involved in violent activity. But COINTELPRO went far beyond that, end quote. So who is behind this? All right. We, we stated as the FBI, but we have specific names of who is behind this, who infiltrated. If you watch the movie, The Judas and the Black Messiah, you'll see William O'Neill is a key, a key role in this film. And he was the main person to infiltrate, which goes back to the tactics that we just went over. So the FBI had a raid on it. And that's how this information was uncovered and released. Okay, so Roy Martin Mitchell in the FBI was an integral part of the Chicago FBI's office, Racial Matters Squad, and the control agent for a prized asset informant provocateur, William O'Neill, who is the captain of security of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party. So this is from the truthout.org article, January 2021. And it states, quoting, quote, concluding from the Senate report and the liberated media documents that the raid and its cover had to have been approved and ratified at the highest levels of the bureau. We had sought months earlier to join as defendants in our suit. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, Director of Domestic Intelligence, William C. Sullivan and George Moore, who has boss of the extremist section of the Domestic Intelligence Division, had the Black Panther Party directly in his administrative sites, end quote. So it's clear that the FBI conspired with multiple government agencies, as well as the police department, to conduct the assassination on Mr. Hampton. Now, in a democratic society, this is not allowed. I used to hear stories about how communist Cuba would have these Gestapo type these dark military operations going and kill people uh black bag people i've heard of that but in and this is in our own country okay and you have and this is an individual that would give food to the to to children he would feed the children he he started the breakfast program free breakfast program so yes i'll concede that his rhetoric was very violent but I, to counter that, I would say that he had the First Amendment, and regardless, the amount of tampering that was set forth was unacceptable and is really, truly illegal. What the FBI did is illegal, and they eventually lost the case uh, that we'll get into a civil case that happened uh, later. And it was, it, and, and that goes into more of the, the corruption of how the attorneys that were on Fred Hampton's side were were attacked and persecuted and their license, their, their law licenses were in chance of being revoked, trying to stick up for justice, stick up for the truth. So it shows you the corruption within the U S government that needs to be purged. So how this began with the immoral tactics, um, Mr. Fred Hampton was arrested on a false charge. So this is according to biography.com. Quote, local law enforcement also pursued Hampton while he was appearing on television in January 1969. Chicago police arrested him on an old traffic warrant. Later that year, Hampton went on trial for stealing ice cream bars in the Chicago suburb of Maywood in 1968, a charge he denied. Hampton was convicted and sentenced to two to five years in prison for stealing ice cream bars. Tensions between the Black Panthers and police also rose when two officers and a Black Panther were killed during a November 1969 shootout. Authorities felt Hampton's role in the party linked him to the police deaths, though he was out of town when the confrontation took place, end quote. So you have Mr. Hampton going to prison on a basically a trumped up charge, while you have 
vicious informants of the intelligence agencies of the FBI literally killing people and they're going free. You have entities within the KKK that are funded informants of the K from the KKK who are in intelligence agencies in the U.S. funded by intelligence agencies completing bombings and they're not reprimanded. But you have a person that is giving food to the communities that is not really com- not committing crimes. They had to trump up a crime. Yet the informants are actually killing people and it's permitted. So what do we need to look at? We need to look at really who who are the who's breaking the law here? The government, the government agencies, people working at the government agencies are breaking the law. That's the definition of corruption. It needs to stop. And this story needs to be more prevalent. This needs to be taught in history programs. This needs to be taught in schools. This needs to be a clear a clear lesson for our country. So we have George W. Sams, and this is according against the biography.com, portrayed by Terrell Hill, who was convicted of murder during the New Haven Black Panther trials in 1970 pertaining to the kidnapping, torture, and murder of Black Panther Alex Rackley, who was acute, who wrongfully suspected of being an informant. Speaking in the trial, the accused Sams claimed that he was acting under the orders of Bobby Seale. But the Panthers believed, as does King's film, that Sam was the actual informant. A deeper dive into the trial in the case can be found here, courtesy of the New Haven Independent, end quote. So that that's what I'm talking about, the viciousness of the informants, whereas the actual civil rights participants, the civil rights leaders were, were abiding by the law. And the informants that had were with the government were breaking the law. So that's just fact. This is the the true conspiracy podcast we're dealing with just facts here so that's that needs to be there needs to be reconciliation for that there's also in relating to the immoral tactics and the people affected we have jimmy palmer who suspiciously suspiciously died at a hotel and this is a fictional character but it has uh, a relation to an actual person larry robertson who was a Black Panther member who died in this manner. So you have a member of the Black Panther, uh, a civil rights member, going into the hospital being assassinated in the hospital. It's really, this is happening in America. At it, 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 where we're supposed to have a democracy. We're supposed to have a say. The government's literally killing the people that are exercising their civil rights. Literally assassinating them, killing them in their vulnerable, most vulnerable states. And, that, and then... Anybody wants to say it's a democracy? It's not. It's an oligarchy. It's an authoritarian state. It's really out of hand. So, and who was, we, we said really who was behind this. So we talked about the vicious informants. We talked about the FBI in general, Roy Martin Mitchell. And he, the big a big player in this is Mr. William O'Neill, who pretended to be a friend of Mr. Hampton, a friend of the organization, got really close to Mr. Hampton and high up into the organization. He was the head of security, I believe, of the Chicago chapter. And he provided the information for them to do the raid on Mr. Hampton that, that uh, he, he died in on December 4th, 1969. And he also drugged Mr. Hampton that night so he couldn't he couldn't get up and fight back. Mr. William O'Neill who eventually, when the information came out that he wasn't a foreman, uh, supposedly killed himself. 
So William O'Neill depicted in the film, it seems as if he was trying to just get material items. That's how the film portrayed him. Uh, that's where I'm basing kind of my perception on his on his personality and he seemed rather controlled by the materialism through the FBI and they just basically used him to the point uh where they just did whatever they want and, and he he would object and they just would push him more and he he eventually drugged Mr. Hampton in and it led to his assassination in a ruthless manner of where machine gun fire was was shot uh, an immense amount of times and then supposedly he lived and um the the people the fbi and the conspiring parties were able to walk up to him and say that he was alive and then proceeded to shoot him twice in the head and then s- declare that he was then dead so through all this the machine gun fire he survived and a drugged Mr. Hampton, helpless, was shot in the head twice, allegedly, at point-blank range. Uh, I don't know how you can possibly justify that. Uh, that is illegal. Um, it's immoral. It's uh, repulsive. It's sickening. And I there's there's alternative views. There's there's entities that try to justify what Mr. Hoover did and the FBI did, but I just personally, I can't, I, there's no possible way for me to understand any justification of that level of ruthlessness. And I just, it's really, it's depressing. It's the, when they pull the flag out at the, when they pull the flag out at the football games, I don't stand. I don't stand for that reason. I know they've killed leaders domestically, abroad. They've killed peaceful entities. They've killed leaders of entities trying to provide the necessities for people, provide food, education, and they've assassinated them. And they've assassinated the character of of people I would call heroes. So... That's not even to count the genocide and the levels of corruption. So it's just, I would love to stand and show my respect for the flag. But how? How can I do that? When I'm giving a factual detail of an event that happened within the United States, that if I remove the names and I removed the name of the organization, FBI, and I put the a, a, a name of a Nazi something equivalent in the Nazi um, regime. And then I changed the names to German names. What, would it be the same? Would, would it be more believable? Do you understand the comparison of what I just made? This seems like it comes from a fascist authoritarian regime, not the United States, the democracy. This seems like it comes from Nazi Germany. To infiltrate, to drug the leader who's not breaking the law, to machine gun his residence, then walk up on him and shoot him twice in the head, allegedly. That sounds like something 
a U.S. organization would do, a U.S. agency would do. That's what happened. That sounds more akin to a fascist, vicious regime. So, so what are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are we? What what is it? Is the U.S. fascist and vicious? It's from their actions that it seems so. So, what are we doing here? Is the question? Are we just going to let this persist? Is the question? You have from PBS. Okay, we have a quote. Uh, from Mr. Hoover. Hoover's involvement with the Black Panther Party came as the party began to gain prominence in 1967-68 as COINTOPER had been established in 1956 to police political, quote-unquote, political radicals within the U.S. Focus and pressure now came onto the Black Panther Party. On June 15, 1969, J. Edgar Hoover declared, quote, the Black Panther Party without question represents the greatest threat to internal security of the country, end quote. He pledged that 1969 would be the last year of the party's existence, end quote, from PBS. So you have clear representation now from the man himself, the head of the FBI. Now, let's get into more of his his reasoning behind this. And it gets even more incriminating and, and appalling, to be honest. So, again, from PBS, as Roger states in the film, Quote, if you read the FBI files, you will see that even Mr. J. Edgar Hoover himself had to say that it was not the guns that were the greatest threat to the internal security of the U.S. It was not the guns. It was the free children's breakfast program that was the greatest threat to the internal security of the U.S. Grits. Now, why was it the free children's breakfast program? It was the free children's breakfast program because the free children's breakfast program engendered a certain following on the black community's part, a certain respect on the black community's part, end quote. So they're literally attacking something that is enriching the impoverished communities, the black communities at the time. It's it's helping parents. It's helping the children. And he's saying the reason he had to assassinate Mr. Hampton is not because of his violent rhetoric. It's not because of the guns they had to, to protect themselves and the Second Amendment, their Second Amendment right. It's not that. It's because of the respect he was garnering by providing for his community. He was killed. Can we can we be this is out of Jay Hoover's mouth. Can we be clear here on the True Conspiracy podcast? He was killed for providing for his community. That's really from the horse's mouth himself. Mr. J. Edgar Hoover said it. Okay. So what, like, I don't, it it just blows my mind. It really does. I've done the research and this needs to get out there more. This needs to be on the major, the major news networks. It needs to be in the independent news. This needs to be taught in history books and also taught that the FBI, while they're doing this, is they're protecting informants from the KKK that are bombing churches. They're just letting them go, go off. You have mafia, mafia informants that are killing droves of people like serial killers, and they're getting off because they're informants. And yet these entities, the FBI is funding these entities that oppose the civil rights organizations. Like uh, they're called, it was called the Minutemen. The FBI funded them as a white supremacy group to oppose the civil rights leaders. So you have literally the FBI killing civil rights leaders and funding their opposition. How is this a free society? I have no idea. How would society be currently, how would how different would society be currently if movements would benefit the people 
and and these positive movements were allowed to exist without government agencies subverting them how would society be would it be better than this inflation and this genocide in multiple cities and multiple countries and the corruption running rampant and the people not having health care and the people getting fleeced out of out of their retirement and the the top of the top just getting richer and richer and richer would it would it still be like that if you if the leaders were allowed to live and and teach the and teach the people and provide for their communities and uplift the youth and create a a, a better society from the ground up out of the the goodness of their heart those what if those people weren't assassinated how would society be i really want to know because there's information that points that the COINTELPRO didn't just kill Mr. Hampton. There's multiple leaders that were that were affected. Multiple groups, such as the Young Patriots, a group of poor whites, the Young Lords, a Puerto Rican-oriented political organization. And they were influenced positively by Mr. Hampton and providing for the community with sponsoring schools, legal aid offices, clothing distribution, local transportation, health clinics, things that the government are supposed to be doing. He was providing for and teaching other organizations how to do this. Yet there's other leaders that, that were assassinated as well. And we don't have the information, but at the the because of the the robbery of the FBI files and how we have the cold hard documentation here. That's what I said before. A lot of declassified information we won't be able to see related to Cell Pro. So we won't we won't really know all the details about the other leaders killed. But there's a lot of information, new information that point that the FBI had something to do with Malcolm X's assassination. Uh, that government agencies had something to do with Martin Luther King Jr.'s, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. Now, the evidence is not as clear as with Mr. Hampton, but there's there's indications, inclinations that point there, there allegedly. So that's something that we need, we need to look more into. I think all of this information needs to be de- declassified, and it really needs to be put forth so we can know what's going on for the future. So Chairman Fred Hampton once said in a haunting speech, quote, people have to pay the price for peace. If you dare to struggle, you dare to win. If you dare not struggle, then God damn it, you don't deserve to win. Let me say peace to you if you're willing to fight for it. Why don't you live for the people? Why don't you struggle for the people? Why don't you die for the people? End quote. And and a prophetic result, we, we know. And it's a reminder for young organizers and the least that journalists, historians, activists can do is an attempt to live as truly to the principles of the 21 year old organizer from Chicago for the people to live for the people, for righteousness, for truth and to avenge those have been that have died that were really just exercising their constitutional rights. Rest in peace, Larry Robertson, Mr. Withers and the additional leaders that were just executing exercise exercising the leaders that were just exercising their constitutional rights in a democratic country. I don't understand how we're just allowing the assassinations of U.S. citizens, of leaders that were providing for their communities. And what is this is funded by tax money. So you have tax money going in to assassinating our own citizens, removing the leaders, weakening the communities. We then see drugs come into the communities, ravish it. Poverty levels go up in these communities. It's really unacceptable. It's appalling. It's sickening. It cannot be permitted in a truly democratic state. This is not a democratic state. This is a fascist, 
oligarchical and oligarchy. That's pretty much what these actions reflect. A fascist oligarchy. That's what the assassinations of civil rights leaders, that's what that represents. The actions speak far louder than the words. And then you go going back to action and our current documentation, the 13th Amendment in conjunction with COINTELPRO and these programs that were set up to imprison the working class and specific races, the black community, in conjunction, 13th Amendment and what we're talking about, you have modern day slavery. Okay, we, we know what the 13th Amendment says. It says, quote, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude ex- should, should persist except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the U.S. or any place subject to their juris- jurisdiction. So we have modern day slavery still with all this corruption. It's ridiculous. We can't allow it. We cannot allow this legacy of violent crime control and the Law Enforcement Act of 1994 to continue to harm the working class communities. We cannot. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And if if we don't make it a better future by exposing the unacceptable history, these leaders are dying in vain. All the all the other members of the organization are dying in vain. It's ridiculous. And the soldiers that have fought to uphold the Constitution have died in vain if not put forth in a justified, righteous, truthful manner. We have to exercise our constitutional rights while we still have them. So another quote from Mr. Hampton before we get into the solutions of of how I. I'd like to suggest how we can possibly rectify some of these egregious, tragic situations. So the quote from Mr. Hampton, it says, quote, I was born in a so-called bourgeois community and had some of the better things you could say of life. And I found that even some of the better things of life for black for black people wasn't too cool. And I found that there was more people starving than there was people eating. And I found that there was more people that didn't have clothes than did have clothes. And I found that I just happened to be one of the few. And I made a commitment to myself that I wouldn't stop doing what I'm doing until all those people were free. End quote. Fred Hampton. That's that's the spirit of what we're doing. That's the spirit of this episode of this podcast of Penundrum Records of using our resources, using what we have to expose the injustices, improve society, and provide for those that don't have, to provide the necessities for those that are struggling, because it's hard to be the best version of yourself when you're just trying to survive. It's hard to give someone from your cup when you don't have any in your cup. Now, if your cup's running over, it's great to give. You want to give because it's spilling everywhere. But when you have these covert programs that go in and kill the leaders— and literally destroy programs that are enriching the community, what do we expect to happen? And then these additional programs with the Iran-Contra, with the, the drugs being put into these same communities, it's really ridiculous. And then to going back to slavery and the other uh, Jim Crow laws, it's just, it's really, it's really ridiculous to keep oppressing it systematically destroying a certain community and then expecting them to to be just fine to it to be okay and for our society to be okay to have a sect to a particular section of our society that is in pain suffering 
and we expect everything to be all good. Like that's part of capitalism. No, I, I don't, I, I don't subscribe to that. I subscribe to the weakest link. The weakest link is, is of the most focus. The weakest link brings down everything. We're only as strong as our weakest link. That's the phrase. So we need to make sure that we all have the necessities. And then from that point, the expression of individuality, the expression of purpose can come forth. But if someone's just trying to get by surviving and the entities that are helping them are being murdered and destroyed, it's it's depressing. It's not uplifting our community. It's It's a downward spiral. So we have to stand up for the people that are trying to make the site a better place. And we have to call out corruption and illegal activity, even if it's within the government. So we need to examine the settlement civil case that had to do with Mr. Hampton, where seven Panthers were charged with attempted murder and other counts. The charges were later dropped and a, pers- a persecutor and 13 others were charged with conspiring to obstruct justice and were acquitted in 1972. A decade later, the city of Chicago, Cook County, and the federal government agreed to a $1.85 million settlement, approximately $4 million today, with the race survivors and Clark's and Hampton, Hampton's families. Hampton's attorneys, Hampton's family's attorneys were attacked. Their licenses were attacked through this whole problem, uh, through this whole process of the lawsuit. So even though they won, they were attacked and they had to appeal, and it was further representation of the corruption within the government. It's, it should not be allowed that just because they're in the government, they can do whatever they want. They can break the law. That's not the way the law works. That's not the way a just democratic society works. That's a fascist authoritarian society. So if, if that's going to happen, that needs to be put forth and and everybody needs to know. The media needs to put it out there. Look, it's shifting. They're killing the citizens. They're killing the leaders that are making the world a better, our world a better place. They're doing that. And when that doesn't happen, when these stories are pushed to the side, pushed to the back burner, and and the, the population doesn't understand what's going on, it allows it to persist and and get to a point where there's no turning back. Where it's a Chinese type situation, where you have the social credit score, you have reports of of mass murder, of of uh, in terms of the weaker camps, you have um. Allegedly, you have the reports of people screaming off their balcony, not having enough food, the, them being quarantined into specific locations. It's the, That's the level of authoritarianism in today, 2022. And if it's not checked in these different examples, it's going to get out of hand. And we see it today, how it's gotten out of hand, what Edward Stoden has uncovered, what Julian Assange has uncovered, that it's really out of hand. It's basically complete surveillance of the population which is illegal so we need to solve these problems related back in the 60s with mr Hampton and mr clark in order to move forward today we need to provide additional reparations for the families involved uh and the families that were targeted by COINTELPRO. pro another solution install oversight programs of intelligence agencies to prevent future abuses like COINTELPRO, pro as well as it is past time for lawmakers to dismantle these harmful policies and enact comprehensive public safety solutions that reduce reliance on incarceration. Additional solution here is prevent unnecessary criminalization and eliminate the draconian laws keeping millions of Americans in prison. So reduce the prison population. 
repeal the 13th Amendment, make it so where there's no slavery at all, even for the imprisoned, make it so there's no profit off the prisons, make it so it's really truly about rehabilitation and not just feeding into recidivism and just this constant pipeline because it's someone's profit. It's modern day slavery, really. And we know we just laid out the true conspiracy of how the FBI assassinated civil rights leader, Mr. Fred Hampson, Mr. Clark. And it's really tragic. My condolences to his family. And really, it's heartbreaking. And we got to do better We, as a, as a country, as a people, as a media. The media needs to do more. The politicians need to, like, this can't. This can't, this shouldn't be happening within the U.S. Really, it's it's beyond a black eye. So we need to move forward with these solutions that we talked about. Examine the settlement case. More reparations for the families involved with COINTELPRO. Uh, oversight programs of intelligence agencies. And deal with the the prison industrial complex. Really, that, that's what we can do to make, make an improvement today. So appreciate you listening. Share this. Get this out there. If you want to talk more, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com backslash vtechnique. And we can talk about this episode the uh, or the other 19 episodes that we have. New music releases on there ahead of time for Patreon members. So look in the future as well for a discussion of this. I would love to be able to uh, have on people that were actually affected that, that went through some of these, these situations, the actual, some of, maybe some of the people, the relatives of some of the people we talked about today, that would be great for a discussion. So be on the lookout for that as well. It'd be, I'm hoping for that. It'd be great. So yes, I appreciate you listening and remember the world is ours. It's up to us to make it a better place. Peace.